You're listening to Daily Dispatch by Your Story, a show that tells you about all things making news in the startup, tech, and digital ecosystem. In this episode, we catch up with Tarun Mehta, co-founder of Aether. Very warm welcome to Daily Dispatch, a show that gives you all the latest news and updates from the digital ecosystem. I'm Priya Sheth. Thank you so much for logging in. Time now to get you all the top news stories that we've been tracking this evening. Well, in what could be a mega deal, sources indicate that the Tata Group is all set to acquire 68% stake in online grocery platform Big Basket for around 9,500 crore rupees. Now, this acquisition puts the enterprise value of Big Basket at over 13,500 crore rupees. Well, moving on to the second headline of the day, IT giants IBM and Tech Mahindra have said that they will be deepening their collaboration in areas like 5G, hybrid cloud automation, as well as cybersecurity. This comes as the two tech giants work towards building a billion-dollar ecosystem over the next three years. Well, digital healthcare platform Medibuddy has raised 25 crore rupees debt fund from venture debt firm Innovent Capital. Do remember that Medibuddy recently closed a 290 crore rupees Series B funding round, which was led by India Life Sciences Fund 3. Well, global neobank Zolv has raised $15 million in a seed round led by Axel Partners and Lightspeed Ventures. The funds will be used to build the core technology platform, expanding the team and for marketing efforts. Well, moving on to the final headline of the day, OnePlus co-founder Carl Pace's consumer tech startup Nothing plans to raise $1.5 million via community funding. Following this community funding round, investors will have access to Nothing's private community through which they will get exclusive benefits and insights into the company. Well, moving on to our second segment of the day, we have with us a very electrifying speaker, uh, specifically in the electric vehicle space. We have with us Karun Mehta, who is the CEO of Ether Energy. Thank you very much, Mr. Mehta, for joining us on the Daily Dispatch. I want to begin by asking you how the last year has been, considering that lots of businesses have been in lockdown and we've seen business cycles being volatile for several companies at Ether Energy. How did 2020 pan out? So 2020 uh, was uh, was a challenging year. Um, we our, our production uh, and most of our work was shut down for about a quarter. Uh, entire production took almost four months to come back on track. Suppliers took almost four months to come back on uh, come back online. Uh, so in that sense, uh, it was a quite a bit of disruption. Um, but the markets recovered actually more than recovered. By October, we were back to pre-COVID numbers, and since then, we've had some terrific growth. Uh, we've, we've overall grown more than 30-40% month on month. We are seeing more footfalls in our retail centers than ever before. I, I think last month was our highest footfalls ever in Aether's history. Um, so, yes, the pandemic uh, disrupted things for a while, but I think uh, we are back to a decent place for the industry. You know, you've been in news for setting up a new plant in Tamil Nadu. Uh, what is your sense in terms of how the uptake has been and in terms of overall expansion? Run up through your expansion plans. So, um, we've set up a new plant in Hosur in Tamil Nadu. That's about an hour and a half from Bangalore. Um, the last two years, we were essentially in a pilot phase. We were stabilizing the product, stabilizing the supply chain, stabilizing cost. And now that we had a good base on all those fronts, we, and by the way, which is also the reason why last year we only presented two series. Uh, but the product was very well received and we always had a long waiting time. 
uh, we kind of control the production to make sure that uh, we had a good amount of stability first. Uh, we, we think we're a good place now. And with that in mind, we are ramping up our number of cities. So we are adding almost, uh, we are opening 27 cities totally. Uh, they'll be up in a few months. Already test rides and payments are open in, uh, I think, eight cities now. With this in mind, and given that we're going from two to almost 30 cities, we, uh, we've moved to a new production plant. That's a hosted plant. It, uh, it, it's, it's already gone live and has, uh, has uh, already an increased capacity over our previous Bangalore plant. And by second half of this year, this should hit 8,000 a month uh, capacity, guys. So fingers crossed, looks good. Uh, the place is coming out beautifully. Yeah, well, exciting times ahead. But, you know, in terms of electric vehicles, India is still in a very early stage as far as the whole concept of EVs are concerned. And specifically with regards to experience centers, I do understand that you are opening up uh, and scaling up the kind of experience centers on a pan-India basis. So what has been the kind of traction? Are people coming to experience centers? What are the main queries that people have uh, with respect to EVs? So most people walking in ex uh, our experience centers now are... Uh, they're actually very different from what we imagined them to be many years back. Three, four years back when we were still designing the product, we kind of expected that people walking into a store would, would be coming with a lot of baggage around electric. They would probably assume that electric is not fun, electric is not great. But now what we see is most people walking in are expecting to be wowed by electric. They're expecting electric to be their next update. They're, ex they're expecting electric to be something very different and crazy. And I think that's that's amazing. Um, such aware customers and such excited customers walking in kind of makes for a great, good, great crowd. Um, so I would say that's the biggest difference. What we focus on in our experience centers is, and that's why I call them experience centers, is tell customers more about what is electric, tell customers more about what is a connected vehicle experience, tell customers more about actually paint them a little bit of a story of how vehicles are going to look different. Uh, and 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 what we have built is, is your earliest peek into that. So that's what we do at experience centers more than anything. You know, talk to us about innovation because considering that you're a startup, you've always been hands-on in creating and giving people a very good experience uh, in terms of whether it being uh, inserting a SIM card, a 4G SIM card or Bluetooth in uh, uh, the EVs that you have. What more is uh, on the anvil on the innovation side? And in terms of pricing, uh, what is your uh, view on how pricing plays out in the EV market? So there have been a lot of uh, firsts that our products have been uh, have been a part of. We were the first uh, electric scooter with this kind of a performance at home. We were the first connected scooter. We're the we have been actually the only ones with integrated Google Maps. I think we are globally the only ones with the touchscreen uh, on the scooter itself. <coughs> we're certainly the first one to have connectivity, uh, Bluetooth back then, um, and, 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 and a lot of different things. Uh, fast charging, for example. I think over the coming two, three years, uh, big innovations that you should expect from us would be on charging speeds. Uh, we expect charging speeds to keep dropping, uh, to keep improving, uh, and charging times to keep dropping. Um, we are today at 45 minutes uh, for an 80% charge. I, I expect this number will drop anywhere between 50, maybe 40 to 50% over the next two, three years. Uh, more innovations will come, uh, more, more uh, new features will come around on the software side, the dashboard side. Uh, today we have things like uh, automatic uh, uh, lighting, we have uh, sound customization, we have document storage, we have integrated Google Maps. Uh, you should see more uh, options pop up here. And um, on the product side, we're keeping it simple, at least in the short term. 
we don't we are not looking at introducing new products per se we may have a few more variants but not new product lines immediately coming to pricing uh, we've taken a different view there from the market we think the indian market has been one which is supply constraint and not demand constraint uh, that's a, we believe it's not a correct view that the that the indian market will only buy the lowest priced product in fact that's been usually untrue in the two wheeler space if you look at the original honda activa that was the more most expensive scooter back then uh, if you look at the pulsar that was one of the most expensive bikes to be introduced to be have been introduced 15 years back 20 years back uh, if you look at royal enfield that's obviously a extremely successful story so the indian market especially the wheeler market has been a story of the one who has been able to dare and introduce a new feature or a new um value for the customer uh, is able to create a new price segment altogether we believe with what we're building in electric and connected that's an opportunity for us uh, we've obviously started from a premium pricing and i think the products make sense there we would love to have variants that up that are priced differently maybe maybe lower but you're not sure of that today i i think we we want to learn from the market for a little longer before we jump into more variants so in 2021 we can't expect any more variants to hit the market are you going to stick with the product that you have yeah you know as we speak companies like ola uh, are also getting into the ev segment uh, for two wheelers so I wanted to understand in terms of competition how do you see the dynamics shaping up in the indian market i think it's terrific uh, companies like ola bringing in uh, electric vehicles uh, the amount of education that creates for the market is just phenomenal Uh, today, a lot of people in the main metro areas know about ether, but people in a lot of tier two and tier three towns don't know about ether or about electric or connected vehicles. I think somebody like Bajaj, somebody like Ola, talking about electric at a bigger scale really helps everybody. Uh, it also helps the supply chain massively because now there are more suppliers who invest who come into the landscape, so the overall supply pool expands, more investments come in, and that is always great news for. competition for pricing for product quality for optionality on every single you spoke about investments and i know that you have been investing into setting up your plant and also rolling out more innovation and features uh, you also have a very uh, interesting set of investors who have come on board run us through is there a need for more funds because i understand november 2020 or did one round of fundraise as well so what is the immediate need of capital and will you be looking at raising more capital this year i think for now we are well capitalized uh, we we raised the investment required to see this production through uh, see production run through um if we raise more capital which is not even, which is not immediately for sure maybe later this year that would be for further sales expansion but from a manufacturing side for now I think very good. Okay, and just a final question before I let you go. Uh, we saw the union budget uh, uh, that was announced a couple of days ago. Uh, of course, on the EV front, we haven't seen any significant uh, impetus from the government. So, did you do you think that the government needs to do more on the charging infrastructure front, or uh, any other aspects that you would like more uh, action from the government to support this industry? I think um, the sector needs more. product financing more vehicle financing and customer financing i mean uh making this a priority sector for lending uh would really help with that it will enable better rates for end customers and bring in more banks uh who would be willing to finance electric vehicles today we have a few good options but it's it pales in comparison and and this is a long way because i remember 5 6 years back there were zero options but it pales in comparison with the petrol engine world where every single bank has has a, has a great offering 
So I think a government making a push there and making this a priority sector and, and, and pushing in more banks to sort of look at EV financing would be a great step. Second would be on charging infrastructure. I think not direct investments by the government, but um, some sort of a policy support that enables easier setup of home charging would go a long way in bringing more customers uh, into the EV market. All right, and in terms of international expansion, what are your plans? Are you looking at taking your EVs overseas? No, we are focused on domestic market for the short term. All right, Mr. Mehta, it was a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Dispatch. Thank you so much. Well, time now to say goodbye. Many thanks for joining us on this edition of Daily Dispatch. I'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Goodbye and see you tomorrow. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Just look for your story or log in to yourstory.com. Thanks for listening to Daily Dispatch by Your Story.